Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. For today's episode, I am so happy to welcome onto the show Chris Linzel. He is a realtor, real estate coach, a writer, a tech analyst, public speaker, content strategist. Um, I could go on and on and on. He's presented at NAR convention at the Triple Play Conference on the East Coast. He might potentially be a speaker at an upcoming Ohio Realtors event. We don't know. We're, we're kind of exploring that right now, but hopefully potentially uh, could be with us in person at one of our events, maybe later this year. We will see. But Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here with me today. Allison, it's a pleasure to join you. Thanks for having me as a guest. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're super excited to have you here. So as I mentioned, Chris is quite the tech guru analyst, um, kind of dives into all things in the tech world and what it means for our industry. So we are going to get into some of that uh, in today's episode. But before I get started, I have to ask our signature question that we ask all of the guests who join us on the podcast, which is, what is the best view that you've ever seen? I love this question, and I actually I dug into a, a, a few of your um, uh, your past episodes to hear what other people have said, and I love also the variety of views here. So I have two that I, I want to call out here. The first is a pretty yeah, it's a pretty sentimental view. Mm. It is uh, just the view of my neighborhood from the end of my driveway. I've got a really nice, quiet little street that my family and I live on. And last summer, my now six-year-old took her training wheels off and did her first solo bike ride down the street. And the sun was setting behind her. And it was like this picture of of kind of uh, home ownership bliss that I have burned in my memory. And I took about 100 pictures of on my cell phone to remember the moment. So that in particular was a pretty sentimental moment for me. And then the other one I would choose is... Uh, We took a family trip a little before COVID, actually, to the Netherlands to visit Mm. my wife's sister who lives just outside of Amsterdam. And uh, I brought my drone with me and I sent the drone up to take... Um, some photos of the uh, of the tulips and of the fields uh, in the Netherlands, and um, it's just was an agricultural site unlike any I'd ever seen in person. It was it was pretty spectacular. So both of those things are are views that I think of and remember often, and uh, they're kind of drivers for me as a person. You know, what can I do to improve my family's outlook, my neighborhood, my the community I live in? And how can I get out and see the world? Because there's a ton of great views that I haven't seen yet and I'm excited about. I love that. That's perfect. And when you said that picture of your daughter riding her bike, I'm envisioning it in my head. And it is exactly like what you said. That is like prime home ownership right now. That yeah. is what we sell as realtors is, is that moment in time. And I love that. And, you know, I've gotten the question asked back to me, like, what is yours? And I'm like, it's just my home. It's being at home. Like, mm-hmm. when am I the happiest at home, you know, with my pets? 
on my couch and just that's like my happy space, you know? So mm-hmm. I love that. And then, yeah, the nether. So is it, I'm envisioning the tulips and everything. And I feel like I've seen some photos on the internet of of scenery like that. Is it like the photos is even better? It is so hard to like capture that as a photo too. <laughs> yeah. I, I can only imagine. Does it look like, like the photos or is it even better? It, it is. The photos just don't do it justice. And the photos are amazing. What is truly inspiring about it, and I think this is an interesting kind of element of the real estate conversation too, is when you're actually standing in the place where these things exist, you get a sense of the history of the place and the people who have stood there before you. And I mean, these particular fields had been farmed by people for hundreds or longer years and you can really tell that the rock wall that I was standing next to was laid by hand, most likely, a couple hundred years ago. And that this was not some sort of manufactured pixel-by-pixel representation of a made-up space. This is where humans actually have spent time. And there are important components to the, to the place, um, to a person's history and their relationships. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And actually, when I look at these photos now, it's hard to it's hard to separate the humanity from the place, which is, I think, an interesting component of just space and and real estate in general and this this area in particular. Yeah, and what, you know, kind of our role is is to protect spaces in, mm-hmm. in the land like that. I mean, it's in our code of ethics, you know, that that is number 1 is to we we are all about the land and protecting that and protecting what happens on the land. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Um okay, so I want to hear a little bit more about you, Chris. Um how did you get started in the real estate world? Did you always know that this was something you wanted to go into? And then how did you kind of evolve your business into what it is now, which is, you know, so much of the technology focus, so much uh, with the writing focus. So tell us about your journey. Yeah, so it's been quite a ride. And I have to imagine I am just getting started uh, at this point. But I actually I did. I never when I was a kid, you know, on career day, I did not walk in carrying a three ring binder with MLS printout. Spoiler alert, those didn't exist when I was <laughs> that age. But um, that was not my aspiration as a child. In fact, I kind of got into real estate by accident. I was teaching at the time and I was actually one of the first people that I know, frankly, um, to transition to teaching this revolutionary concept of teaching completely online. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was a long time ago. I mean, we're talking, I mean, 12, 15 years ago, um, I was teaching in a classroom and I was teaching an adjunct uh, program for Michigan State University, prepping students to get ready for law school. And we transitioned to this program to an online space and I could work uh, at home, uh, 100%. And the program actually expanded to include students from across the country. And it turned out that I got assigned to teach students who are on the West Coast. And so my classes didn't start until sometimes eight or nine o'clock at night. And so I was just bored all day mm-hmm. long and I was looking for things to do. And I found a real estate agent that was looking for some help doing marketing, this newfangled thing called digital marketing, where we actually <laughs> advertise on the computer. No one's ever heard of this before. And some just help in her to, to kind of get 
the technology in her office organized because she had just bought a computer to put in her office. Wow. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I got time. I'm literally doing nothing mm -hmm. during the day. And so I went in, I started, and it took me literally about 20 minutes in this office to realize that there was so much opportunity in the real estate space. And I didn't even quite have a nose for the technology end of this just yet. But I knew that there was an incredible amount of opportunity and that the work that this person was doing, I thought, one, this work is really important. Two, this is work that is directly elevating the community, which was also something really important to me. And three, I could tell that technology was going to change the space really dramatically and that I was not somebody who grew up with the internet. I remember the first time we got the internet in my house um, when I was a teenager. And I remember the sound it made when you dialed into yep. a computer somewhere. <laughs> and I, I could just tell that this was going to affect the real estate industry really specifically, really dramatically. And um, so I spent the next six or seven weeks working for this person. Um, we made a lot of headway and impact together. I joined her team full time. After that, I finished my teaching. Um, I took a pay cut and I said, I just want to learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. And I, I apprenticed under this person. I got my real estate license not long after that. I focused almost exclusively on the technology end of our business in the marketing space. And I learned what it meant to do real estate successfully and to understand how technology was a component of that. And fast forward a little bit, I took a couple of different roles within my local market as a, a digital strategist, as a technologist for a local brokerage. I was a co-team leader in our local market for a little while. And for those of you listening in Ohio, I feel it's necessary to, dis to disclose here. My local market is Michigan. And <laughs> I have nothing against you guys. I hope you have nothing against me. I'm from way up north. <laughs> we can barely even see each other, basically. <laughs> I, look, I'm, I look down. I can't even see you. But I'm sure you're down there. And I'm sure you can see me up here. But, it's all good. Just maybe not on a few fall Saturdays. <laughs> but it's all cool good otherwise. <laughs> that's, that's totally cool with me. And if it makes you feel any better... I am a Michigan State supporter and not a U of M supporter. So good. Uh, Even better. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> as I long as you're not that, that team up north. See, I'm I'm very biased because I'm a Buckeye. I graduated from the yeah. Ohio State <laughs> University. But no, no, that you are on the better team in Michigan, okay. I should say. So we're we're all good. And no, it was funny because as I was preparing for this and researching you and kind of your background and everything. And it was like, he lives in Michigan and, and goes trout fishing. And I was like, oh no, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> but well, no, we're all good. <laughs> okay, good, good. So fast forward a little bit. And so I had these different roles in my local uh, market and regional community. And uh, you know, one of the things I liked doing best was um, facilitating and teaching the other agents and teams and brokers in my community on how to use these tools. And then I had an opportunity to join the team at The Close. And The Close is my, my team. We are a website dedicated specifically to bettering real estate agents, teams, and brokers, businesses, 
find us at theclose.com. Pretty easy. We're totally free. We just want to provide value for agents who are looking to level up their real estate game. And uh, I looked at it as an opportunity to take that teaching and training to a national level. And, uh, you know, since then I'm, I'm going, I'll, I'll be with the close for four years uh, this year and, uh, you know, written hundreds of uh, pieces of content. We have tons of videos. We have, I do a lot of uh, live speaking and coaching and consulting. And um, it's really brought me to a place now where I get to essentially uh, talk about the things that I think matter the most in our industry right now, or some of the things that matter the most, which is how technology is continuing to change what we do and how we do it. And maybe most importantly, um, how agents can understand this change in the context of their own planning and their own strategic growth and also in the context of how does this serve my community and my consumers and the people that matter the most to me in this process because it's all interconnected here and I look forward to an opportunity every day to to be able to strengthen those connections for people. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, Visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to do here today, right? I mean, I, I'm super excited to to have you here and to share some of um, this coaching and advice that you give to mm-hmm. your clients and, and agents that you work with um, every day. So, so super excited. Let's, let's dive into, uh, yeah. So, yeah, let's dive into some of it. And as you mentioned, you know, technology has taken huge strides in the past few years as you mentioned it's it's mm-hmm. come so far and it's happening at such a rapid pace where do we even um, start I guess where does the world of technology and real estate kind of stand today so we're in a place of transition which is not a surprise we've I mean it's kind of a constant state of transition but right now specifically this is a, a state of transition. And these transitions are really catalyzed by a couple of major things. The first has been COVID. There's just no way around it. COVID was and remains a major affecting event in the real estate space. And I don't just mean about consumer behavior and and demand and supply, though those things are true as well. But specifically from a technology perspective, we are in a place where COVID uh, acted and is continuing to act as a great accelerator for the use of technology specifically by our consumers. And what I mean by that is we moved forward as a consumer base in the span of 10 months between March 2020 and January 2021. We moved forward in that 10 months the distance or or the time it would take us otherwise to move 10 years as far as the consumer's 
comfort with technology, with doing things virtually, with automation, with communication that is not the traditional belly-to-belly sort of real estate interaction. I mean, that's crazy. I think that is so important to, to make yeah. note of for a second. We are moving 10 times at the normal pace mm-hmm. um, that we should be, right? So if you're listening and you're like, I feel so overwhelmed, there's so much that has happened in the past two years, where do I even begin? It is okay because, yeah. as Chris just mentioned, we are moving at a rapid pace 10 times mm-hmm. what the normal speed of these changes should be, right? Hundred percent. Though it is important to point out, I, you know, one thing that is, I think, a, a valid observation here, is we have had. It, we are not now in the deer in the headlights. Not to use a totally Michigan <laughs> phrase here. But, <laughs> hey, there's uh, a lot of deer here too. No, no okay, worries. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not in the deer in the headlights sort of scenario any longer, where we're blindsided by the use of technology that our consumers mm-hmm. are using. We've been in this for a while, and agents who are still struggling to understand their consumers' needs you know, regarding technology and how they communicate have, at this point, in my opinion, taken – they've made a conscious decision to be passive here. And you know, we would have, be having a different conversation. It would be different if we were having this conversation a year ago. Mm-hmm. I would be much more forgiving of – uh, real estate professionals who are like, I can't keep up with the, how fast things are changing. It's still changing quickly, but we are be we have we have gone beyond the initial shock, mm-hmm. and we are now in a place where the excuse of I just don't know how Zoom works anymore. Yep, that just that just doesn't fly any longer. And the fact of the matter is, it is totally reasonable to expect a, some some shock around the idea of, well, now I have to conduct all my showings virtually because I can't, I literally can't bring clients into a home. That's not the case any longer. But our consumers' expectations for the way that we use technology, those did not revert back into 2019 levels. Those stayed. Mm-hmm. And so this is a transition period for a lot of agents. We are playing catch up in a lot of circles between where we stand right now with our, our community, our professional community's use of consumer technology versus what our consumers' expectations are mm-hmm. for us. And this is especially hard hitting in the real estate industry because nationally, and you know, I'll admit, I don't know the Ohio numbers right off the top of my head, but the national real estate for the, the typical real estate professional on a national level is not a digital native. Mm-hmm. It is not somebody who grew up um, using Snapchat or uh, you know their first look on their, their their first activity during the day is to look at their phone. The, these are folks who have to work at being conscious about staying in you know kind of in the stream of of growing technology. And if we're not doing that as a as a as a profession, we're going to fall behind here. Yeah, you're spot on. I know in Ohio, it's very similar. I think um, our average member age is in the early 50s. So so you're you're exactly right um, with that. We're kind of right there along with the national statistics on that is you're right. Our our people are kind of having to learn this as it comes along. It may not be as natural or as intuitive as it may be for some of our younger agents. So yeah, you're spot on with that. The other thing I would say too, is that we are also in a transition phase in terms of uh, our general interaction with the web, and I, frankly, I think the term Web 3.0 gets thrown around a lot without people really understanding what this means. But 
in a nutshell, if this isn't a term you're familiar with, Web 3.0 refers to the transition of our use of the internet away from these big centralized ivory towers of power and information where Facebook and Google and uh, maybe Microsoft or there's a handful of, of different Amazon, different, different players where all the power is centralized by these major players. And the, the, the next iteration of our use of the internet is a decentralized use where the access to information, the access to resources, the access to leveling up, whatever it is you want to level up on, is democratized and anybody can get access to these things. And this includes our consumers having access to the information that we in the real estate industry used to be the keepers of. Mm -hmm. We used to be, it's, it's a little sad to say this, but it's true. We used to be the ivory tower. Mm -hmm. And it used to be even more so. If anybody who's listening to this can think back to before they hopped on the MLS to see what was available, we used to have listing books delivered to the office every single week that had an update of what was available in our individual markets. And if people wanted to know what was available to buy, they had to come and make an appointment with you. They literally had to sit in your office um, and flip through a book with you. I remember passing these out to agents in, in my office many, many moons ago. This used to be an ivory tower for us. And if MLS and, and the distribution of this information online has changed that, certainly, but it is changing even more rapidly. Our consumers know more, they can do more, and as a result, they expect more. And technology isn't just the vehicle for this. It is an explosive that is driving the engine, sometimes violently. Mm -hmm. And if we're not going to keep up, then we're not going to keep closing. That's just the reality at this yeah. point. Yeah. No, and it's it's almost becoming so essential that we're not going to be able to really do our business without it. I think we're yeah. almost there at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. So tell Absolutely. us a little bit about uh, some of the best tech practices that you've seen uh, individuals that you work with uh, use to buy and sell uh, homes mm -hmm. this year. Um, what what have you seen that has been really successful lately? Oh, great question. So w there's one thing that I have I've noticed, and frankly, I didn't notice it until somebody pointed it out to me, and now I can't unsee <laughs> it. I think that a lot of people have got the idea of social media wrong. Ooh, let's yeah, let's. I would love to hear more. Yes. Okay, so a lot of people think social media is all about. It's all about essentially beating your community into submission, <laughs> into realizing that, yes, you exist, and yes, you can take pictures with your cell phone, and yes, we do X, Y, and Z. I think that social media, if you look at the people who are the really successful agents in your market who are using social media, which is the majority of them, I would imagine, the vast majority of them at this point, social media is actually a tool for verification for these people. Mm. They are not closing sales here. They are creating a, a step in the sales funnel that is essentially just a verification that you are who you are and you do what you say you can do. And we used to think when, when we were beginning, even until recently, 
we thought that social media needed to be this place where we were gathering leads and where we were closing deals and we had to list every home for sale with with these different Facebook posts and an Instagram and a TikTok video. I don't think that that's the case any longer. I think social media is a tool for our consumers to take what they learn about us through their community, through other lead gen efforts, through your website, through... Um, through the different places where they hear about real estate agents and what they do, social media is a place where they go to verify that you are a real person, Mm -hmm. that you are doing the things that you say you do. It is not a place where you should expect a dozen messages every day saying, come list my house, or I'd like to buy this $3.9 million uh, waterfront estate. You think you could help me? Like that, that stuff doesn't happen on Instagram and you're wasting your time if you think it will. What does happen on Instagram is somebody will say, oh yeah, I saw that, saw that Eric agent you know, he's listed a house for sale in my neighborhood. I've been thinking about listing a house for sale in my neighborhood. I want to check out what this guy's all about. And they're not even going to like any of your photos. They may not even follow you, but they're going to scroll through and say, okay, this person's active. This person's knowledgeable. This person is backing up what they say in their marketing by showing me that they're genuine. And without the social verification, I think you're going to have a diminishing return on your digital marketing. It's almost like selling yourself, right? That's kind of what what it's all about on social is not necessarily maybe selling your homes, but it's more so showing who you are as a person and and why someone should trust you with their journey in home ownership. Yeah, I think that I think that that's that's pretty close. I think I would also I would also characterize it as more of a this is like the two-factor authentication for your real estate <laughs> business. Like somebody sees your Facebook ad, or that's a bad example, actually. Somebody sees your sign and with a sold rider on top. And they say, oh, that's great. This person's active. They just sold this house. They are working in my community. I'm going to go to Facebook and I'm going to say, okay, this is a real person. This is a real person who is friends with people I know. This is a real person who has gone to the coffee shop that I go to. It is more along the lines of confirming that this is a real thing and that this is somebody who can really help me. I think that's a really interesting use of, of technology. And I think we're going to see more of that in 2022 and beyond. And what what else um, do you see as a bit as big trends coming up this year in real estate and into the future? What are you seeing that's going to have a major impact on our industry? Well, I think for one, uh, the lead generation game is changing right now, and I'll give you a kind of a startling statistic. Last year in 2021, we generated online six times more leads than we generated in 2015. So wow. a, a 6x increase in just six years but we're only closing marginally more Hmm. transactions. This tells me a couple of things. One, the quote-unquote quality of leads is going down. I think the word quality is a little misleading here because it's not that these people aren't interested in the real estate process. They're just in a different place than we expect them to be in their funnel. Um, So there is the nature of lead generation online is changing. And one of the ways that we are changing with it is this dramatic rise in predictive analytics as a means for lead generation. And if you're not familiar with this term or the strategy, essentially, we're taking big data 
like the consumer data from your credit card companies, your social data from places like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and wherever, and your demographic data. These are all the things that already exist in the world, but we're taking that and then we're pairing it with the incredible amount of data we have in our local MLS. And we're saying, okay, this person fits the profile of a, of a home buyer or seller. They also happen to live in a neighborhood where the turnover rate is X number of years. And they've been in their house for X plus whatever that turnover rate is. This person is ripe as a real estate consumer. And we're using those sorts of formulas to identify who the most likely buyers and sellers are even before they've raised their hand. And it sounds a little big brothery because it is, but this is this this uh, approach has seen dramatic results um, it's in its limited rollout so far. And there are now predictive analytics companies that offer um, lead gen in 50, all 50 states and in almost every major community. So I think this is going to be a dramatic, we're going to see a dramatic uptick in this sort of kind of advanced, almost AI-driven lead generation. It's going to be a difficult, um, a difficult thing to explain to people. Mm-hmm. But frankly, you don't necessarily need to understand the, the nuts and bolts of it. You're just going to start getting better leads that are going to feel more like cold calls, but you're going to have your conversion rate that's going to be through the roof relative to your past cold calling experience. Yeah, because you're already starting out with a better quality. Use that word again. You're already starting out with a better quality um, person there, which is Mm -hmm. which is really cool and one of the benefits of this advancement in technology, which I think is really cool. And it's going to save a lot of time, right? Instead of talking or or spending your time and interviewing people that may not be the ones for you, it's kind of you're narrowing in right away on those ones who really might be it from the start, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I mean, picture a real estate farming effort where you're farming a neighborhood of 200 homes. The amount of time and effort required to give all 200 of those homes the due diligence and attention that they deserve over the course of a year, like a typical farming window. Now picture that farming effort where you are only farming the algorithm identified top 20 most likely sellers in that neighborhood. So instead of sending um, 200 postcards every month and instead of writing 200 handwritten notes or trying to do 200 door knocks, you're only doing 20 a month. Mm -hmm. And instead of your conversion rate being 1%, your conversion rate is 10 15, 25%, you're putting in less time, you're getting more business, and you're having more effective conversations. It's a pretty enticing means of technology kind of enablement. It's not without its pitfalls. There's certainly, we're still figuring this out as we go, but I think that we're going to see this, especially in competitive markets, this is going to become a a pretty um, compelling value proposition for top producers. Yeah, absolutely. And then I know something else, too, that has been big, and we've heard about it in the news and things like that, is the world of 5G. And mm-hmm. that's coming. It's coming in hot. It's kind of already here. Um, mm-hmm. What do you anticipate that is going to mean for our industry? Oh, man. <laughs> it's I, a loaded question. We could talk for another, like, yeah. 30 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let, let me just start with uh, two big Um, two big things. The first is a 5G covered network is going to 
really open doors for technology like autonomous shared driving cars. Like the, we are, this, it feels like science fiction, but it is going to happen much sooner than you think. In fact, I've got a friend uh, who works as an engineer, a testing engineer with Ford Motors. And he has told me, and this is an unofficial quote <laughs> here, um, but he has told me that Ford plans to sell uh, cars and trucks without steering wheels by 2024. Wow. wow. Okay. That's in like two years. <laughs> that's in <laughs> like two years. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. So, <laughs> insane. Insane. And so 5G is going to enable that sort of technology. So you might be asking, okay, what does that have to do with real estate? Well, I want you to just picture what your local community would be like if the amount of square square footage, the amount of acreage in your community that's dedicated to parking was cut by 75%. New York City alone, there are um, something on the magnitude of three central parks worth of parking in Manhattan wow. just by itself. And so the idea that we could all of a sudden literally open available acreage in our communities, often most desirable places, mm -hmm. is a game changer, mm -hmm. especially when we are living in a world where inventory is a premium and there are a lot of questions about how we create more housing stock for clearly continuing growing demand. So that's that's one thing that is really interesting to me. Yeah. The other thing is imagine a world where 5G gives us the space or the, the mental space to be able to do so much uh, online and in our homes that we start using our physical space differently. COVID was a great indicator of how this could be. I want you to now picture connection speeds. 5G enables connections that are so fast and so stable that it is going to do a lot to create new uses for our physical space. And in fact, I think um, we will see very, very soon in major metropolitan areas, um, uh, Columbus is a good example of this. Cleveland is a good example of this. We will start to see new builds, especially in high-rise communities, that are considered 5G-enabled spaces wow. where you have the opportunity to connect anything that in your home that connects to the internet will connect seamlessly and continuously. It will give you the opportunity to have more efficient appliances. It will give you a better opportunity to track your use of things like utilities. Your mechanicals will be monitored 24-7 by you. I mean, just honestly, the days of like gas leaks, the days of a light bulb left on too long, the days of forgetting to start the dishwasher, those are gone. All Switching your laundry over, right? I know that's one that's already like technology has right? impacted just the laundry process. You know, you can just like switch your laundry over now in these new washer and dryer machines and never even have to touch your, your washer and dryer. It's crazy. My wife and I just bought a new washer and dryer <laughs> and I said, I said to my wife, make sure you get the app. Yeah. Dryer. Yeah. She looked at me like I was insane, and I showed her. I was like, "No, seriously, you can set timers. You can change it over. There's a there's a, a like a, a light dry function on our washer. You can start automatically if you don't change it in a certain amount of time. So yep. that sort of thing. Again, it sounds like science fiction, but we're going to have 5G enabled spaces that are going to create this new home connectivity 
that's is pretty amazing for homeowners, but where the real level up is going to be is is commercial property owners. If you own rental property, if you own office space, if you own industrial, the way that you run your business, thanks to this level of connectivity, it's really going to change. And it's often going to create efficiencies that are going to allow you to do more things with less square footage, which again, it's going to change the value proposition of the way that we that we put a, a number, uh, like a dollar, a dollar figure on our space. It's just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen very, very soon. Oh yeah. So, so much uh, that's changing quickly and it's going to continue to change. And um, we just got to buckle up and be ready to, to take it all, you know, as mm-hmm. it comes be, stay open-minded. Um, I think, you know, is, is a great thing to remember as we are changing so quickly with technology. And um, yeah, stay open-minded. And, and what other advice? Do you have any other advice before we wrap it up for our agents in, in this world of crazy changing technology? Yeah, I do. In fact, and this is, I'm going to get some flack for this. So please, if you disagree with this statement, feel free to tell me. We'll um, just blame uh, it that you are you live in Michigan. It's all good. There you no. go. <laughs> there you go. No, but in all seriousness, I welcome this conversation because this is one I have all the time with agents. I think that best advice that I can give agents right now around technology is to remember that you have more opportunity in front of you than you've ever had before. And the stagnation or the backwards movement of business is almost always in my experience, is almost always due to somebody uh, who is unable or unwilling to look at the new answer to an old question. Mm. And we, do, we just don't live in a place uh, as, as society who's connected to technology where the old answers to old questions are anything other than, you know, kind of fun to think about mm-hmm. because we just, you, you are in control of your business. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. I know agents who love to blame Zillow for the downfall of their business. Zillow is a successful company because they have access to data. Guess what else? Guess who else has access to data? You do. Mm -hmm. You have access to the same data that Zillow does from your MLS. The, the sorts of things that Zillow does with your data, with the, your market's data, you could do the same thing. Yeah, you don't have a fancy uh, website that can send uh, automated emails, except you do. Mm-hmm. Anybody has a fancy website nowadays. There are a dozen fancy website providers out there. Go to the close. I review the, I've reviewed so many of these fancy websites that will... Oh, yeah. Send automated emails. They'll send automated text messages. They'll create these marketing plans that keep you in the loop and engaged with your consumers, even when you're in bed, all on the backs of the data that's available. This coming, the coming technology applications and rollouts, Web 3.0 is all about access. It is about decentralizing access to data and resources and real estate agents have that access. Whether or not you choose to do anything with it, that is up to you. But there is, though there are certainly threats to our industry, you can't just blame technology and the use of technology, your challenge or hurdle in your business, because that same hurdle is also your jet fuel to move to the next level if you choose to engage it properly. 
Yep, totally. Great point. That was that was a great great way to end the show. And I, I'm so mad. We have such like we've already gone long, which is totally fine because this has been so fascinating, and I think it's going to mm. be so helpful to our listeners. I wish we had more time because there's we are just hitting the tip of the iceberg with with what is to come um, in technology and real estate. So maybe we'll have to get you back on uh, soon, and we can dive in dive into um, some more topics. But um, Chris, could you just let our listeners know how they can find you? Um, mention your your website again and. And then how agents can can find you if they want to reach out. Yeah, you betcha. The website, super easy. Come visit me at theclose.com. T-H-E-C-L-O-S-E.com. Um, we want to help you level up your real estate business. No agenda, no, no catch. Just come learn about how you can better your business. If you want to argue with me on social media, you can <laughs> find me on Twitter at Lincel Chris. I would love for folks to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty, pretty visible right on LinkedIn. Come check out. I, I post a lot of stuff there. And if you're interested in learning a little bit more about what I do as a consultant and in the technology space, you can visit my personal website. It's chrislincell.com. I'd love to chat with you guys about how I can help you figure out ways to use technology and to just um, better your business in general with a ton of great transactional best practices and strategies, especially in the marketing and lead gen space. So come find me. I'm all over the internet. <laughs> but more than anything, Take what we're doing, take what we're talking about right now and go do something with it. This conversation means nothing to anybody if you just say, oh, that was, that was fun. And then you put your earbuds down and you go back to watching whatever it is you were watching or go back to doing whatever it is you were doing. Find a way to put some actionable advice in your day today. There you go. So we're going to wrap it up there. Go turn this off. Go get into this world of tech and real estate. So even if you're just Googling and learning more about what we talked about, you know, we will stop that episode here so you all can go and and take uh, what you've learned here today and go make a business out of it. So Chris, thank you again uh, so much for joining me. I look forward to uh, hopefully seeing you in person and maybe talking to you here again uh, soon. To all our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Allison. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.